Good morning and welcome everyone. You are listening to Faith FM 87.6, 87.8 or 88 right across the Faith FM network, right across Australia, wherever you are. This is The Breakfast Show, positively different radio in the morning and you are with Lyle and... Good morning, Lyle. How's it going? Going well, man. How are you? Yeah, good as gold. Hey, P.S. Mm -hmm. Do you know who else is going good? Who? Katie from California. Oh, really? Why we is that? We have an international listener and they've messaged we in their gratitude. We have a lot of international listeners. We do, actually. We have a lot of them. Well, Katie has messaged in uh, her gratitude today. She wants to share um, that she is grateful for all her limbs working. She says, I truly love having the ability to be active and to exercise. I try not to take it for granted and even opt for stairs over the escalator when there is an option. There you go. A great idea. I think you should always go. I think you should always go with the stairs. Yeah, yeah. stairs are great. It's a good habit. It's a good life habit to get into. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. If you if you always go with the stairs over the escalator, you're going to be using the stairs a lot longer than uh, otherwise. That's right. And of course, you can uh, you can send in your gratitude. Um, text it to us zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. We'd love hearing about what you're grateful for. Of course, you can send it in through any of our social media avenues, which is where our international send it. So you, Facebook, you, Instagram, Twitter. I just realised I'm a bit of a hypocrite. Oh, how, how come? Because I always use the escalator. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, but I always walk up the escalator. Okay, all right. Eh? And, and, and it really annoys me when people stand in the middle of it and I can't walk up it. It's like, stand to the left, oh, guys, stand to the you left. Know what, you know what I do? When I when I go up the escalator and I see someone who's like blocking it further up ahead, I start to monster stomp the steps that <laughs> 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 leading up to them so they hear me coming and then they move aside. <laughs> I, just, I, just, I, just, I just go and stand really, really close to them on the step below them and stand inside their <laughs> breathe personal space. Breathe down their neck. Breathe down their neck, stand inside <laughs> their personal space and they move out of the way. It works perfectly. I'm serious. Try the monster stomp like the last like three or four steps before you get to their monster stomp them and they'll be like oh ooh, someone's coming and they'll hide <laughs> <laughs> why do people even do that it's so rude i don't know Australia's why are we getting distracted on this australia subject? is one of the worst countries for it. most of the countries have a very well-placed system about sticking to the left or the right if you just want to stand there anyway we are so how do we yeah, well, how yeah. Do we get to, this is the this is the delayed board what are you grateful way? for by the way rain yeah, well, How can you not be grateful yes, for rain? Yes, I mean, delayed broadcast, it might not still be raining, but when we recorded this, it was still raining. Yes. Actually, do you know what? If you are listening to delayed broadcast, you can actually just jump across to our live show. It's happening Please simultaneously. Do. Yes. Uh, just jump on uh, our website. It's faithfm.com.au and scroll to the top and you can press play on the live stream or you can download the TuneIn app. Just get that one for free. Search for Faith FM Australia and once again, just press play and, uh, and join us on the live show. We have so much fun on the live show and you can win prize and get the free giveaways and ask the question and just get involved. So, yeah, it's a better show when it's live. So join, join us over there. We love you guys. We love your company in the morning. We have some great stories coming up. We're going to be talking about church plants, amongst other mm-hmm. things. We're yep. going to be talking about uh, uh, FOMO and JOMO. Yes. Going to be great. Stay tuned. I stand in my Saviour bleed Did my would he devote that sacred head for someone such as I? At the cross, at the cross where I first saw the light, the burden of my heart rolled away. And it was there by faith I received my sight.
That was Anna Weather up with At The Cross here on Faith FM. And as we get into day to today's show, we're going to have a clue for our quiz. A quiz for our clue. Which one yes, will we have? Yes, let's kickstart our brains. I am not going to be nice about it. It is Monday. I'm going to make this a hard one. Oh, come on. My brain hasn't <laughs> even started working yet. What are you yeah, doing? Yeah, neither has mine. But <laughs> this is a what book am I? So we know it's one out of 66. I'm giving you that much. But this is a quote. The first clue is a quote from this book. Are you ready for this? Yeah. People who want to get rich fall into temptation and harmless desires that plunge men into ruin and destruction. Ooh. Do you know who that is? Oh, he's writing something and he's wrong. Ah. <laughs> he wrote it on a piece of paper and he was so wrong. I don't know why I'm so happy about that, but I am. If you can give us a call. And tell us what book that quote came from. People who want to get rich fall into temptation and harmful desires that plunge men into ruin and destruction. Where's that from? Give me a call. 1-800-FAITH-FM. 1-800-324-843. If you can tell me before Lyle gets it right... I will send you two prizes on this happy, happy Monday I will, morning. I will, have another, I will have another crack at it on the next clue. We'll see. We'll because see I, could, I could just sit here and just take guesses and there's 66 of them. I could write them all down until I got it. But I won't. I will just do one, one stab at it per clue and I got the first stab right. Yeah. Yeah, please don't call up and be like, it's Genesis. It's Exodus. It's a little bit. And just like, like work your way through the whole Bible. Yeah. That's, uh, that's, yeah, that's not how we play. Okay, so uh, what have we got in positively different news oh, on this Monday Lyle, morning? Ooh. I have some positive news that's just tailor-made for you, I promise. So, you know how you and your wifey, you like date night? Yes. How often do you guys do date? Is it once a, once a month or something? Uh, it depends. It varies. Once a week to once a month, somewhere, somewhere in that range. Okay. So Depending th- on, it sort of depends on how much we get out together. Uh-huh. Because if we've been missing getting out together, you know, because sometimes you go out with friends and that kind of thing and, and uh, you'll have a fair few nights out. But if it's been a while since we've had a night out together, then uh, that's when we really make it a, a higher priority to uh, to get out there and have a date night. Okay. But yeah, once a month should be a minimum, I think, for all couples. So you just like climate control and, you know, yeah, so you just work at it that yeah, way. Yeah, exactly. Okay, okay. Yep. So, well, some couples I know have like a specific date night once a week um, is their date night. And, you know, that's a really healthy thing to do. I think that's uh-huh. great. It is. It is a healthy thing to do. Particularly if, if quality time is uh, one or both of your love languages. Then mm-hmm. um, this is necessary. Yeah. Yep. And actually, you don't have to spend money to have date night. That's right. You can have you can have the simplest date nights. You can even have date night at home. Yeah, yeah, you can. You have amazing. We've had amazing date nights at home. Well, this is a study that's come out about date night, and it's this is really interesting because they're saying that. Um, you know, you can actually have date night with your with your spouse and it's good health for your marriage. Mm-hmm. But you can yeah. actually up the ante and make your date nights so much healthier um, by doing one little thing that actually has more pa- positive impact on your marriage, like even you, further than just a regular date my, night. You have my attention. It's uh, it's called um. It's a web, they've made it into a website, like a, like a, uh, like a, I want to say ministry, like a charity, and it's called Do Good Date Nights. Oh, okay. And they've made a list here. I'm going to share them with you. And what they do, instead of just going out for a dinner and a movie, right, they actually use date night with your significant other to make the world a better place as a team. So you, you make the world a better place with your better half. Mm-hmm. And apparently, like, the, the positive effects on your mind and on your relationship are just amplified above any like just regular date night by the way I think that date night with a movie is a little bit lame 
Do you? But some yeah, people my, love that. Some people, I know, but it's just my personal opinion. Yeah. Because you just sit there. And you don't actually communicate. Nah, yeah. It's like there's, there's no connection. <laughs> You're connected to the screen. You're not connected to your significant other. Well, so as a means of helping couples to blend volunteer work and romance, um, this website, Do Good Date Night, uh, you can jump on there and have a look at all the ideas. And they haven't just got ideas. They've actually got links to organizations where you can join up and help out. Um, so I'm going to share with you that they've just released a list of 10 things you can do to use connective date nights to impact worthy causes. So it's a two for one sort of innovation. And uh, and the, ladies, the lady who put together the website, she said, I believe most people want to do something to support their communities but struggle to find the balance of busy everyday life with the desire to give back. That's why volunteerism date nights, is what they're calling them, mm-hmm. are a much-needed win-win. Couples spend quality, together, quality time together while impacting causes that are close to their hearts. And now that they've done the, done the science behind it, it's... It's it's real. It's good for everyone all around. It's good for the people they're helping. It's oh, good for course, them individually. Absolutely. It's good for them as a couple. Okay, more, more blessed to give than receive. Here are the top ten ways they recommend that you can uh, have a date night with your honey <clears throat> and help the world be a better place. So number one is uh, go to the the hospitals. Some hospitals encourage um, cuddlers so that they want people to come in and cuddle with the uh, preemie babies and, and like um, abandoned babies. And um, isn't y- there politicians could- to do that? <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, you know how like uh, um, like contact with babies is really important, and yep. uh, and uh, and so they they often need because nurses don't have the time to just stand there and hold a baby because it you know because the baby likes it. Sure. So they actually get people to come in and do it for them. So you can volunteer to do that. You do have to do some paperwork, but mm-hmm. I have a friend who does it, and okay. um, you know she's never had a kid, and so this is how she you know fulfills that that sort of hole in her life, and then it really does a wonders for the children. Like, oh, absolutely. Look at the long term studies on that. So incredibly important for children. Okay, number two. Two is called Dish It Out. So you can uh, get together and collect goods from your neighbours and deliver it to shelters. So this is maybe a little less uh, as a part of an organisation because you can donate, obviously, your stuff to anyone. Uh, But they're particularly advocating uh, the Ronald McDonald House because they they have residences for people who access hospital care. And, uh, and so you can actually go in and furnish a house, but you'd have to like this. This would be my. That'd, kind that'd of be thing. that'd be a significant date night right there where you yeah. go and furnish a house. <laughs> well, I think it's funny you jump on Gumtree, you look for free food. Yeah, this is a little bit more than this yeah. is a little bit more than date this, night. This, this is, would be this would be my kind of fun day. No, because my parents used to do something similar. They'd like get the newspaper back in the newspaper days um, when a newspaper came out on a Saturday night, and they would sit in the car and flick through the newspaper with the light on, and um, you know look for like you know whoever's like listing the cheapest whatever it was they're needing, <laughs> and then they'd drive around <laughs> town. Does this not surprise me? Knowing you, Mon, why does this not surprise me? It was hell if we sat in the back. (laughs) Anyway, uh, Habitat for Humanity, which is a couple that grants – uh, sorry, it's not a couple. It's an organisation that grants couples the building blocks to construct homes for families in need. So you could like actually get like a little kit house and work on it, like you know, bit by bit every date night. Some people were so, so into that, so like when home my, DIY. When, when I announced to my wife that uh, we're having date night, she gets all excited. She gets dressed up, you know. I would be puts into on this. something nice, puts on a makeup. I know your some, wife wouldn't because your wife hates kind of DIY. Stuff. And but uh, I would be down for this. <laughs> I'd be down for this. So okay. you're suggesting date night involves. Um, Roll up your sleeves. High-vis clothing and... um, Look, helping people isn't going to be a glamorous thing. Steel cap boots. There's another one here. Uh, you can. There's different. This beach- is not a criticism, Mon. This is not a criticism. I'm just. I'm just. Yeah. <laughs> there's a beach preservation organisation that um, gives you a list of beaches that need short effort, like clean up. Mm-hmm. So you can go for a walk on the beach, romantic, right at sunset, but also take along a bag to put your trash. In. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, this one's. So cute. your romantic walk is. Um, 
with a bag full of smelly trash. But you know what? I think I think most beach walks should involve that. Yeah, um, absolutely, I agree. Respecting your elders. So there's a there's a there's an organisation called Listen to Seniors where um, they can connect you with hospitals and aged care facilities where you can go and just read stories, have lunch, or run errands, and just or just sit there and My listen. My father-in-law did people. that for years. He used to go yeah. down to the um, to the old people's home and just read stories to people for years. Yeah, yeah, and I loved it. Do it together. Make it even more yeah. special. Um, there are plenty, obviously, uh, of um, uh, war veteran um, associations where you can send off care packages or write letters, um, you know, to show your gratitude and your respect. Uh, there's one called uh, Let Love Bloom, which is an urban gardening volunteer program. I actually like this one. You know, mm-hmm. you just go around making the city pretty. Um, Sharing is caring, of course. They have uh, another resale stores and domestic violence shelters that are in need of uh, clothing and homeware. So maybe not furnishing a house this time, but like, you know, clothing and, and smaller items that you can get together uh, to to uh, really help these domestic violence shelters. I love this one, helping animal shelters by walking dogs and uh, giving food or toys or distributing adoption flyers. It's be really great. You hang out with let me, the puppies. Let me remind you, Mon, you have an allergy <clears throat> to dogs. Yeah, but, you know, just a little bit at a time is fine. And, of course, uh, letting our hearts race together. So you can do marathons together for charity. So there's a list of marathons that are charity-based as opposed to, like, you know, just win some money by running a race. And uh, you can train together and then run them together, which I actually know quite a few couples that do that. They run together. Uh-huh. Often when they get married, they start running together. Like one of them will be a runner and drag the other one into it. Sometimes in opposite directions. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that one, P.S., will never happen to me. I don't care if I marry a marathon runner. <laughs> uh, I would definitely. Having a cheer, cheer from the yes, sidelines. Yeah, and I'd drinks. be like, woohoo, pom poms and bottles of water. That'd be me. So, yeah, there's a great list uh, of some suggestions of what you can do to make your date night. Um, Something that can impact the world to make a better place and impact your marriage and have better I think it's fantastic. I think that's just great advice right there. This is Chris Tomlin with Your Heart. It never was about the oil dripping from my head I never did dream beyond the pastures I could tend It never was about the praise, not about the street parade I didn't really need a crowd when Goliath fell down I never meant to work here with simple shepherd songs
Welcome back, everybody. You're, we were just listening to uh, Chris Tomlin with your heart here on Faith FM, and we need another clue for our quiz. Yes, and I'm sitting here between two people who didn't get it right. I'm very happy. Ah. <laughs> okay, the next clue for what book am I is another quote, and I'm going to butcher the names, and I'm really sorry. Among them are Hymenius and Alexander, whom I have handed over to Satan to be taught not to blaspheme. Oh. And Lyle still doesn't have it ah, right. No. <laughs> it's not Ecclesiastical Proverbs for old. No. Nowhere no. near that. Don't say any names. Don't say any names, guys. Uh, and uh, if you're well, wondering. We've, we've got two books that are um, out of two books out of 66 that we, with, with, that we know that it yes. is not. And I've, yes. got, I've got another two over here that I know it's not. So I'm <laughs> Yes. Lyle writes them down on a piece of paper. And uh, Sophie hasn't written down anything correct. So if you know the answer, give us a call. 1-800-FAITH-FM. It's 1-800-324-843. You can even text me your answer, 0491 I'm going to get it on the next clue. Yeah, you I'm are. definitely going to get it on the next clue. Yeah, By the way, welcome, Darren. Good to be here. I love yeah. coming to Faith FM. Absolutely. And, and, of course, Darren's going to be here for our interview section. So he'll be on in a moment with um, his part of expertise that he's going to be talking about. But I said, hey, put the headset on and have a chat with us anyway uh, while we're talking about We um, love it when vis- visitors about news. Come. Yeah. So here's an interesting news story. There's a news story here about a church being planted in a lawn bowls club. Now, for those of us who are involved in church planting, that's probably, you know, for the average person out there on the street, they might go, really? But for those of us involved in church planting, I'm like, yeah, that's what, that's the kind of thing we do. Yeah, that's a great idea. I love idea. the idea of that. Yeah. That sounds awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, what, what are the, some of the most unusual places that you guys have heard of a church being planted? Well, I've heard of one locally happening, a surfy yeah. type club type. Place. Okay, down the surf club? <laughs> yes, yes. Why not? Fantastic. It's And of course, there are quite a number of churches that have been planted in people's homes these days. Yes, that's a new movement. That's going, yep. well, it's actually an old movement, going back to yeah, the house right. type church. Isn't that how all churches really started, though? The new, the new movement from Acts chapter, what, one? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Innovative new information coming at you. <laughs> from 2,000 years ago. Um, no, I think it's, I, and this, of course, is on the heels of, you know, a friend of mine who's looking at buying a church right now. Wow. Because churches, church buildings are being sold left, right, and centre right across Australia. So you've got this, you've got this interesting, this this interesting conflict between church buildings being sold all over the place, and then churches being that are still there being overused, and then churches being planted in unusual places. I mean, there's a lot of churches operating these days out of factory units. Again, yeah, and university lecture, lecture theatres. Yeah, yep. I was involved in a church plant that was in a uh, lecture theatre and then I was involved in another church plant where we shared that church building with five other congregations. Imagine trying to juggle that. At the same time? At the same time. At the same time? No, no, well, on the same weekend. So there was a Friday night service, there was a Saturday morning service, there was a Saturday afternoon service, there was a karate service, (laughs) 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 there was was, um, Sunday morning service, Sunday afternoon service. And these were all different denominations, all sharing this one building, and it was pretty hard work. But don't you think it's pretty sad? Because you've got a church that seats about, yeah. you know, um, sorry for butting in, about 90 people, 
and bathrooms to service you know that kind, that many people, but uh-huh. you probably got you know five hundred people to actually use the facility over that period. Well, it makes sense. I mean, use the building rather than let it sit there all. Oh, week. absolutely, so, yeah, yeah. But I mean, I've seen I see a lot of churches these days that are sort of almost being repurposed as cafes, as restaurants, as art galleries. Maybe this is the fallback from that. Churches are now moving yeah. into lawn bowls and, and university lectures. Well, you get some really nice you get some really nice environments uh, in those kind of places that you know would, would really work well actually do you know what i just remember what the weirdest church plant i've ever heard is uh it was in america and it was a cowboy church and they had it in a in like a in one of those like rodeo barn thing was this in texas no actually this is in um uh Grant, oregon oregon yeah okay, oregon right. yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah okay. and they, they literally call it cowboy church see what you turn up with your um hat and boots and have church, ride your, yeah, ho- ride your I, horse in. Well, they, they, it's shirt. not. It's not like it's not like a dress up situation. It's uh, it's like it's literally for cowboys, and so they come because they're honest to goodness cowboys, and they always wear cowboy hats and cowboy boots. They just that's it. Yeah, they yeah. put their dress version on for um for church. Yeah, yeah. They put their they put their nice <laughs> their nice cowboy hat on, and they come to church. Yeah, that's the weirdest one I've ever heard of. I'm trying to think, but I don't know. I guess for me, church is like. Amazing, no matter where you have it. So, is, is it particularly weird to have church anywhere? Well, if you, if you start to travel around the world, you find very, very different ways that people worship, don't you? In different cultures. Yeah, actually, I um one of our previous guests on our show. Um, do you remember Pastor Jasper? He came in. He was a he. Yeah, he was a yeah right. um, a media missionary. He's currently in Kenya, and I was looking at his Instagram stories, and he was saying how they they wanted to raise funds for this um, Kenyan tribe this Maasai tribe to build a church because they were meeting under the trees and sitting on logs. And I was like, why would you want to build a church? It looks so beautiful. <laughs> it is under the open sky with, you know, the... A giraffe the- peeping over here. Exactly. <laughs> like literally giraffes in the background. I was like, why would you want to stick a church, like a building there? Just like, this is amazing. I'd love to have this in Australia. Well, I remember preaching in church one time. And this was in a very remote part of Guadalcanal in the Solomon Islands, Mm -hmm. you know, seven hours hike from the end of the road, that kind of remote. And, you know, the the church that I preached in had a grass roof and no walls. And the people in the congregation in front of me were wearing traditional dress, Mm -hmm. which would be very, very strange and out of place if you saw it here in Australia. Uh But um, we had a great great service there. We had a fantastic church service there. We dedicated a new baby and all kinds of stuff. Do you think it really matters exactly what the building looks like or is like or? Yes and no. I think that uh, we should build our churches to bring glory and honor to God to the best of our ability. And apart Mm -hmm. from that, I don't think it matters. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard a, I've heard a, um, a friend of mine, a pastor, speak very strong words about the state of Seventh-day Adventist churches and how they're like in disrepair and they're all old-fashioned and, and scuzzy looking and how... You know, he You're giving p- us a bad <laughs> name right now, Mon. I don't know they well, do lots of really nice Someone, churches around the place. I'm, I'm just trying to be honest. Like, I mean, sure, we have some nice churches, but we also have some that, are, you know, could, yeah. could you know, and especially in Australia... It doesn't, it doesn't bring, it doesn't bring yeah, honor to God. In Australia, we don't really have an excuse for letting our churches fall into disrepair. No. You know, absolutely. we have the means and the money to, to, to fix them up and to, to you know to glorify God and you know and he but he you know he didn't just say that he pointed out two things first of all like often in third world countries or even second world countries the people have these beautiful churches like they might be living in a hut themselves but they 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 want to honor best. God. Yeah, yeah. Like the church takes priority. The church building takes priority over their own home. And so they put their back into having a beautiful church building because they want you know God to live so to speak in the best 
possible building they have, uh, you know, in their in their area. And the second thing you point out was, you know, if you look at like um. Is it the Mormons or the J-dubs? And their temples are always Mormons. amazing. No matter where you go and if you drive past one, you know what it is because of how, how beautiful it is. Well, the Roman Catholics is. as well. I've I mean, seen, I've seen some pretty scuzzy looking, you know, little cathedrals falling apart and stuff. Yeah, and that's pretty, that's usually as a result of um, membership moving away and, mm-hmm. and disintegrating. Yeah, that's right. Rather than the effort that they actually go in to put into it. But my question is, is there a balance here? Do some churches go too far? You know, could we could we strip some of the gold out of these churches and feed the world? Yeah, that's the other, that's another good question. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think there's definitely a balance. I think there's, there's a bit of it both, and you're right, and... Um, I think God deserves our best. I, I try and dress my best mm-hmm. and look my best and be my best. and um, Which, of w- course, is going to be different for every person. That's right. Yeah. It's going to look different, going to be different. But if I go into a church and you can tell that no one's giving, it's just worn down and had it, and people who had the means to give, then I say, well, what? where's God in this place? Mm-hmm. Where do you place God in your life? Where is the priority? Um, whereas for me, if it's a nice, well-kept, it doesn't have to be modern, but if it's well-kept, um, beautiful, um, you feel welcome there, you mm-hmm. feel warm there, then I know God is there. Yep. But so. that's a good point about stripping out the gold. Like, And I feel like sometimes the church could easily take advantage of its congregation by demanding, you know, that they give money, give offerings, and then build some sort of, you know, enormous... This is an interesting, top, yeah. dis- an interesting discussion we're having here. Yeah, if you've got, an, an, if you've got an opinion on this, give us a call, 1-800-324-843. I've been into some churches where people have just been completely disgusted and said this is obscene. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the world is starving and there is just wealth, just dripping with wealth right here. You know, where, where is the balance here? And because clearly we do want to honour God in the way that we worship, in the way that we present ourselves, in the way that we present our, you know, the building that we worship in. So, yeah, give us a call, 1-800-324-843. We would love to hear from you and hear your thoughts and opinion. I was actually going to talk about Scott Morrison this morning, and we got sidetracked onto this one, but it was a good discussion. All hail the new PM. Is that what you're going to say? <laughs> no, I was going to talk about, um, you know, religious prime ministers and religious oh, liberty and yes, separation of church yes. and state and all those kinds of serious issues. Mm-hmm, very serious. Maybe we can save it for another time, maybe tomorrow indeed. or later. Hey, wait, next week we'll have a new prime minister. Yeah. (laughs) 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 All right, guys, this is Grego Pillay with Brighter Days. Sitting here all by myself, anticipating the outcomes of love, and as I reflect on times we share, realize.
Welcome back, guys. That was Grego Pillay with Brighter Days here on Faith FM, and I still don't have an answer to this quiz, and it is it is, it is seriously starting to aggravate me. <laughs> I'm very happy about that. <laughs> of course. So there's still a double prize available. <laughs> I think it's going to be a big one today. If you would like to get ahead of the clues and get some uh, later clues, you can jump onto our Instagram. Our handle is faithfmlive, lowercase one word, and uh, check out our Insta story. It's live for 24 hours, and I put more clues up there than I stick out here on the radio. But our third clue today is, for what book am I? Paul sent this letter to Ephesus. It has six chapters. Ah. Imagine sending letters that have chapters. I'm going to write you a letter, Lyle's going to have several chapters. (laughs) Well, that was clue number three. That was clue number three. Six chapters. The letter from Paul to Ephesus. That's oh, an interesting clue. That's an interesting pen, clue. He's writing down his next guess and he has it right. Yeah. So it's got to be a Pauline letter. <laughs> no it's got to be the letter. That's right. No more double, no more double, 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 double prizes. That was pretty scary. We got quite a way into that quiz with double prizes. Yeah, that, and, and, and that's an interesting clue. That's all I'm going to say mm-hmm. is that is an interesting clue. Hey, Darren, great to have you on the show today. Good to be here. Now, I understand that we're going to be talking about the opposite of FOMO. Is that right? Yes, FOMO. What's the opposite of FOMO? Yeah, tell, tell us. What, no, is no. The, what is the opposite of FOMO? FOMO First of is all, um, the fear of missing out. Yes. An acronym. We live in a hyper-connected society, a busy society, yes. and we want to be up on everything and, and, and be the first and, and be connected and, and it creates a, a tension, a stress a busyness of always making sure that you don't miss out on anything. You know, mm. you know who in our family has the the, the worst FOMO. Who? Our dog. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. You're right. You're right. They want to be in the middle of everything. Everything. Yes. Absolutely everything. But when we as humans try and live our lives like that, you're saying that there might be a problem. There might be a problem, and um, we really do have a problem. Um, we are hyper connected. We all have devices now, and yes. even our children have devices, not just devices, but often a smartphone um, from a very young age. Not just to have a phone, but got to have everything on it, all the gadgets and all the bits and pieces. <coughs> so children's ministries are, sorry, I butted in, but children's ministries are part of your area of expertise. What what age do children start getting smartphones these days? Oh, these days it's six, seven and eight. And even wow. a two-year-old, I was watching my niece recently and, and she knew how to open the apps and get to the app she wanted a two-year-old. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen quite a few babies who can who can navigate apps before they can talk. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Um, and actually looking at the fact that um, the, the smartphone gadgets are interfering in child development because often they're looking at their phone and parents are looking at their phone rather than connecting with their child, especially when breastfeeding and, and mm. cuddling and holding, etc. And, and it's actually creating developmental delays for our children. Um, that's, 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 that's fascinating, that's yeah, but particularly when you look at it from, a, from an adult's perspective. I mean, as an adult, I just spent um, you know, Saturday night with friends out in the bush in an area where there was no mobile phone service. There you go. You've embraced the joy of missing out. Oh, okay. Okay, so this is what <laughs> we're joy talking about. Missing out. So what do we call this one? Okay, so FOMO, the fear of missing out. What do we call this one? JOMO. JOMO. I Jomo. like it. I Jomo. like it. JOMO. And it's a brand new movement that's taken the world by storm. Just, just called the joy of disconnecting in order to connect. I have. It has been a, a, a seriously long time since I have engaged in as much conversation as I did around the campfire on Saturday night. 
It's great when you go to a place where no one can use their mobile phones. I don't know if you've noticed walking <laughs> down the street these days or on the train, mm-hmm. um, people have things in their ears, um, often headphones or some sort of latest latest Bluetooth gadget that connects to their phone, and they're walking down the street often looking at their phone, and there's actually a, um, a lot of people now get, get hit by cars because they, they walk out on yeah. the roads without looking because they're looking at their phone, um, a whole danger there. But everyone is looking at their phone rather than looking at each other. You try it next time you're on a train mm-hmm. or walking down a Sydney street or Newcastle street, how many people are looking up at you and making eye contact and how many people are looking down at a screen? It is it is tragic, really. Well, here's, here's, here's a thought to think about, you know. How many times have you um, had the urge and you're heading for the toilet and you get halfway there and you turn around, go back, pick up your mobile phone and then go... I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's replaced the it's magazine true. rack in the toilet. It's it has. Because it's all on one device. It's a mm-hmm. fantastic thing to have because yeah. it's all at our fingertips. Absolutely. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But um, what we're discovering is that, yeah, this hyper-connectivity is creating a stress that um, people don't realise until they do um, disconnect and they realise how much how much they're missing or not missing their devices. Yeah, you see actually a lot of people, like I see a lot of my <coughs> friends on Instagram trying to do like a, a digital detox where yes. they try and commit themselves to like going, you know, two weeks or a month or something without using like one particular app. Like, do you know what? I'm not going to use Instagram for like three weeks or I'm not going to go on Facebook for, you know, a month. And... Um, it's funny because some of them they never come back. Like the and I've I've done that. I've been like I'm gonna, I remember Harley, your son Lyle, mm-hmm. challenged me to go even two days without using Instagram. And at the end of two days, he was like, oh, like, I bet you can't go a week. And then it was like, I bet you can't go two weeks. And I bet you can't go a month. And then I sort of stopped using Instagram for almost a year. And um, which was good because I was on there non-stop. And so now it's sort of made me pace it. I'm on there now, but I'm not on there all day long or, or even every day. But I do have friends where they're like, make a big announcement. I'm not going to be, you know, doing anything on social media for a month. And then three days later, they crack big time and they come back with like, it's like a, a worse <laughs> addiction than ever. <laughs> and it's something like they're deleting these posts where they said they're going to be off grid. <laughs> no, but addiction is a real screen addiction phone addiction is a real thing these days it's diagnosed um, especially amongst our kids but adults too um, and it's really creating a problem people actually um, if they don't have their phone in their pocket um, actually feel the buzzes of their phone like it's not there but it's it's a fake buzzers they, they, I've had they that. pick up yeah. on, the, yeah. on their hip um, and, and people are doing that and it's like you reach for your phone in the morning before you do anything else often to, to check what's happening in the world because of the fear of missing out uh-huh. um, so so this is, this is the society we live in, and this new movement saying, well, what if we disconnected? What does that look like, and, and how does that affect our, our well-being? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So, so that's what... So talk- what level of disconnection are you talking about, Darren? Well, they're talking about for a whole weekend or, or for um, a month or whatever, just... Um, mm-hmm just turning off your devices and and seeing what it does to your life Um, and doing things instead instead of going to the beach and putting your headphones on and and your your screen why not leave the screen in the car and go and walk along the beach and enjoy the beach for being at the beach rather than having pictures to share on instagram and facebook (laughs) later on so that's a good point And, and it's something that you know i used to do a lot of instagram back in the day as well and what I found was that there were times when I just wanted to put the camera down and be in the moment. And mm. there were other times when the camera actually, you know, because I had it with me, it it made me see beauty in the world that I would have otherwise missed. Mm. Yeah, that's true. It's interesting because I was just doing um, looking at this and, and you know, we, we used to talk about finding a life-work balance. 
Yes. And now the big issue is not so much life-work balance but life-technology balance. And people are talking about the life-tech balance. Mm. It's the biggest issue because our diaries everything else are there 24-7. Um, used to be when I was a kid, the good old, remember the good old dial-up phones that you had to go and actually put your finger in and dial it around. Yes, 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 yes. I remember yes. those. Do you, you remember those, Mike? I, yeah, wow. dude, I'm not that young. <laughs> <laughs> I'm shocked. But they, they sat in a corner and if you were out, then people didn't get you. That was that was all right. They, they mm-hmm. rang and it rang out and, and that was it. Um, they sort of got you when you were home. Uh-huh. And, um, and the world didn't stop back then. No, we, we still we functioned the news. quite we, well. We still knew what was going on, but you, you actually connected and enjoyed relationships and social times and, and getting out and just being together. Mm-hmm. Um, but now it seems like it's not just going out, but you've got to record it and Facebook it and Snapchat it mm-hmm. and whatever else so that mm-hmm. everyone else sees what you're doing rather than just enjoying being in the moment. Together. So you in favour of this idea if you go to a restaurant with friends, everybody puts their mobile phone upside down in the middle of the table, first person to touch it. Yeah, um, I love that idea. Pays, pays, for the, pays for the meal? Pays for the meal or, or at home, do it at home. The first person does it does the dishes. So you can oh, nice. Like you try that. Nice. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> and then the awesome. thing is, sorry, Lola, it's often dad that does it. Oh, it's a, fa- mm-hmm. it's a work call. I've got to take it. It's a work call. Um, it's, it's often dad that, that does the dishes, unfortunately, but um, that seems the way it is. But, but yeah. Um, but back in the day, you know, we would not have um, necessarily taken work calls at home because we wouldn't know who was ringing. And we'd just take, you know, I remember taking the phone off the hook at certain times. Oh, yes. If the phone's off the hook, then... You know, it's not going to call, it's not going to beep, it's not going to send you a message, nothing's going to happen, whereas you can't really take them off the hook these days. But, but yeah, the idea of eating slow, which is turning off technology and just having a good meal with your family or friends around mm-hmm. the table, mm-hmm. um, technology-free zone creates some awesome memories and it's so beneficial to the whole family to do that. Okay, so let me ask you about some of the new technologies that have been created by Google and Apple, um, which I find quite interesting they're creating technology to solve technology yes <laughs> so we now have apps to help us apps to help you switch you, off use less apps it's actually um gimmicks to help sell more products <laughs> um, so, so what, are, what are they trying to accomplish here because it seems on the surface it seems self-defeating yeah, well, it is, but actually they're selling more phones by doing it. Um, it's the idea is that you can now get apps and things that you can regulate your time, saying, so, okay, you've been on here for 10 hours, it's time to actually go and do something mm-hmm. um, or whatever. But you set limits and set goals to help yourself regulate your screen time yeah. and try and disconnect um, from that screen time. So so now the new advertising for Google or for Apple, whatever else, is to sell these apps. Oh, we can help you manage your tech time, but, but buy a phone, we'll help you manage it. So so now I can buy a phone with a clear conscience. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> I feel good <laughs> about it. really what conscience. it comes down to, isn't it? It's like, I can, I can, you, you, can, you can have our product with a clear conscience now because it has these apps on it that uh, are going to help you to... Um, <clears throat> to deal with your addiction. So we have addictive app, app, apps to help us deal with our addiction. Um, I noticed that uh, one of the other ones that – one of the other things that I was looking at and, and uh, there was a lady who was talking about this, you know, we've got this problem of, you know, the screens and the light on the screen mimics the light of the sky. And so when you look at your phone, you know, late in the evening – it tells your body that it's daytime and messes with your circadian rhythm and, and, and messes with your sleep, which, of course, gives you sleep deprivation, which gives you depression, which has a whole list of, um, you know, 
um, negative results to it. Oh, and there's a whole research <laughs> around that, Lyle. Um, and, and the thing is, too, often our kids play video games into the evening mm-hmm. and that creates an arousal mm-hmm. and you need that deep sleep to actually to allow your memories of the day to sort out. What they're finding is if the kids that play video games before they go to bed, instead of them their memories sorting out what they learn at school, because they've been aroused by the game, uh, what they learn at school goes out the window and yep. they're actually just thinking about the memories of the game. So mm-hmm. it's affecting the ability to remember mm-hmm. and, and to take those um Things learned at school into your long-term memory. Wow. Um, so, That's so incredible. yeah, the light and the arousal created by screen time is affecting sleep patterns like nothing else and really and affecting of course, memory. deep REM sleep that we need. Mm, mm. Yeah, do you know, like looking at screens is actually a big thing when I, I first started this job and I was trying to become a morning person so I could work in breakfast radio. But wh- one of the strategies that I that I utilised was to not look at my phone after 6pm. It was actually one of the big things because I found that if I looked at my phone after that time, it was harder for me to fall asleep and my, my brain felt... I don't know, spiked somehow. Yeah. So yeah, it was it was huge. You, you still do this, Mon? Yeah, I still I still I still try okay. to look at my phone yep. too late. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. That's awesome. I um there was uh, I was listening to a um <coughs> a lady who was talking about how that she wanted to combat this you know the blue light and whatnot that was coming from the screen, and so she simply t- switched her phone over to grayscale. Mm-hmm. Oh yes, yes, yes. And of course, that solves the problem. What she found was that she hated her phone. She oh. just she Ugly. completely stopped engaging with her phone whilever it was on grayscale. So there's an, an interesting experiment for you listeners to try. Switch your phone over to grayscale and it might solve all your addictive problems. Grayscale meaning black and white. Yeah, black right. and white. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I didn't even know you could because do that. It, it was, she was just, every time she went to go on an app, it was like, Ugh, she hated it so much and she'd just get off the app. That's so it, very interesting. So for her, it was um, not the joy of missing out, but just <laughs> the, the annoying. So. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> hey, hey, maybe ask some of our listeners have some ingenious ways that um, they've switched off with their family. Because, um, you know, some families, there's all different kinds of rules and strategies that families are using, parents are using to get their kids off their apps and off mm-hmm. their phones. Oh, I'd love to hear some of the ideas that maybe some of our listeners have, have put into play in, the, in their families. Give us a call, 1-800-FAITH-FM, 1-800-324-843, if you want to weigh in, in on this, or maybe you want to give us some advice. Like, do you put your phones in the middle of the table? Is the first person who touches it have to do dishes? Like, what's your strategy? I'd love to know. Yeah, fantastic. Let's compile a list. Yes, yes. yes. Maybe that's what we need to do here on Faith. FM is actually have a, a list of ideas. Let's start a uh, a Facebook mm-hmm. um, page and start putting up some of these ideas on our Facebook page, and we'll get Darren to contribute some. I'll com- you know we'll all contribute some, and then all of our listeners you can jump on there. Um, not on the Facebook uh, Facebook comment the status, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, jump on guys, comment, send in your favorite ideas of how you deal with the technology. Uh, life balance in your life. We're going to move on at this time. We're going to listen to Anna Beden with I Am Convinced. And I am convinced that no from God's love and I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love when I 
Anxiety are the most common mental conditions in Australia. On average, one in four people will experience anxiety at some stage in their life. I'm David Stojic, counselor and pastor of Living Abundantly Adventist Church. We are hosting speaker Danny Milenko to provide a scriptural perspective on this topic. Join us at 11 a.m. Saturday, September 8 at the Warburg Community Center here in Newcastle and visit discoverhopeseries.com for more information. Forgiveness. 
It's easier said than done, but now there's a new approach to help us be more forgiving, a program called Forgive to Live. It's designed to help us all improve our lives. You'll discover the healing power of forgiveness, a relationship breakdown, long-term hurt, unresolved conflict. Through Forgive to Live, you can break this cycle and start living a more forgiving life. So if you're keen to take that first step, head to forgivetolive.org.au. to Faith FM, positively different radio. 